Welcome, everybody, to Around the Diamond right here on TheMajors.net. I am Adam Hernandez. With me, as always, is Tip and Tony out in San Diego, soon to be Fort Worth, Texas. How are you guys doing tonight? Yeah, Adam, how are you? I'm doing pretty yeah. good. Anyways, uh, we've got uh, we've got a good show lined up for everyone tonight. Um, we've got a couple of things that we wanted to get to last week, but uh, Tony and I really uh, really took to the two big topics last week of MLB realignment and uh, that list that um, of the most overrated uh, baseball players in uh, in the game's history, which um, again took up a good portion of the time. And again, it's uh, it's still a good episode to listen to, so you can go and check that out on uh, on iTunes. Um, so give that a listen to. Just go ahead and type in the majors, and you will find it right on there. So this week we're going to kind of um, catch up a little bit on some stuff that we didn't talk about last week, and we also have some new topics as well. Um, first and foremost, this is one of them that I wish we could have gotten to last week, but it it's probably better that we actually push it off another week just to get a better idea of things. And that is what teams can be declared dead from playoff contention. And I know there's, you know, every team, I guess, still has a chance. You know, every team's not mathematically eliminated. Or I don't think any team at this point is mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. But you get a pretty good idea on some teams that are. Um, We're just going to go right down the list here. And do it division by division. We're going to go ahead and start out, though, in the National League. And let's see here. Let's go ahead and start. Let's go ahead and start in the National League West, right where, uh, right where Tony's at. Right now, we've got San Francisco leading that division by a half game over Arizona. And the bottom teams right now, it seems like it's basically a race between Colorado, Arizona, and San Francisco with the Dodgers seven and a half games back and San Diego nine and a half games back. Tony, I know you have a good gauge on things out there right now with San Diego, um, and they've got a tough matchup playing Boston. That game is uh, actually underway right now. I don't have a score in front of me. Twelve, twelve, nothing already. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tony, is there anybody in that division that we can declare dead from playoff contention? I think San Diego, right off the cuff, um, they've lost their last five straight. You know, they they had really bad, what I would consider a very, very bad showing in Minnesota this weekend. Minnesota, we'll talk about here in a little bit, but they're off a they're on a seven game winning streak after starting off. Uh, 22 and 38 on the season. Now, San Diego's have a lot of problems at home. Uh, they've had a lot of problems scoring. They're uh, they're last in the entire major leagues in runs scored with 242 right now. They really don't have a legitimate power hitter. Uh, Ryan Ludwig is off and on. Their uh, their ace Matt Latos is you know has been very very suspect the entire year. Uh, a, I mean, the bullpen, once again, is, is the staple. But, of course, uh, Chad Coles wasn't the answer um, as he ended up uh, struggling this weekend. Uh, I think, consider San Diego dead, uh, the Dodgers are right there on the cusp of uh, sliding down, even though they uh, won yesterday. Uh, but they're, they're nine games under five hundred, And San Francisco, Arizona... Those two uh, teams are on the cusp of really running away with things. 
you know, Arizona's looking surprisingly good under Kirk Gibson, and you know he's got him playing. Uh, you know, he's got him playing Gibby ball out in uh, out in the Phoenix area. Absolutely, Tip. What do you think? I, I couldn't agree more. I think San Diego and LA are out of it already. Uh, I'm never. I'm not going to count out Colorado because they they love the second half. Arizona, uh, you know, they're such a question mark. I'm I'm shocked at where they're at, but. You know, Gibson is uh, Gibson, and uh, this team seems to be get their pitching staff together. They're hitting well. Uh, they're playing aggressive baseball, and uh, they believe they can win. And, that you know, that helps an awful lot when you believe that. So I, I definitely think L.A., San Diego's out. It's between San Francisco, Arizona, and Colorado. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that uh, I agree with just about everything you guys said. I'm, you know, L.A., San Diego, I'm both going to declare those teams dead. Um L.A., you know, people might, you know, come back and say that L.A. is L.A., you know, but still they, I think one thing that has really been biting them is uh, is, is this whole ownership situation right now um, with Frank McCourt. We're hearing more news coming out about it today. Uh, I just, yeah, they turned, they turned his loan down on Fox. Yeah, and I and I just you know and and as we all know, I mean we see we see it right here, and I know it's a different sport with the Pistons, but ownership issues can really, really, really be a huge hamper on on you know the development of a team, even though it's something that doesn't take place on the field. Uh, I th- you know I think like you guys said, L.A., San Diego, both teams that I think that we can declare dead from any type of playoff contention. Also, they're L.A.'s eight games out and San Diego's ten games out from the wild card. Um, Colorado, like you said, Tip, they're a total second-half team. Um, I think that they'll be right there, right in the right in the thick of things towards the end of the season. Um, and when it comes down to it, I really do think that Arizona's kind of kind of tail off here, and it's going to be a race between San Francisco and Colorado for the uh, for the NL West crown. Um, moving along, though, the uh, the NL Central, we've got Milwaukee and St. Louis both tied. For the lead in that division, um, big news today coming on that division though is Albert Pujols. It's going to be out for four to six weeks with a broken forearm. So obviously that's going to be a huge, huge um, loss for them for the next month, month and a half. Um, bottoming out that division though is the Chicago Cubs and the Houston Astros. Um, Tony, we'll start with you again. What do you think? Well, I definitely think it that the Cubs in Houston are out of it. And, you know, Tip and I, you know, we were kind of questioning the, Sh- the Chicago Cubs at the beginning of the year, what kind of, uh, you know, of year that they were going to have. And we're 71 games in. I cannot believe the Cubs are 13 games under 500, even before the All-Star break. It's been a, another disappointing year for, for the Cubs. Uh, Cubs in Houston are out. Pittsburgh's only four games out, and that's surprising to me. Even though Pittsburgh's a really good team, um, I want to give them. A, I want to give them until about two or three weeks after the All Star break to see, you know, see what they look like then. See if they're, you know, hanging on. Um, I, I like Milwaukee, St. Louis, Cincinnati in here, and I really think with the uh, injury to Pujols, of course, they're probably going to move Lance Berkman into play first base. Uh, you, you, you lose that everyday bat, and you know with the Albert Pujols, and you're going to lose that protection in the lineup when you have to move uh, Berkman um, probably down in, in four or five hole. Tip? Yeah, Chicago-Houston are definitely out of it. Well, you know, like Tony said, uh, I, I don't even, you know, Chicago's not even fun to talk about anymore. They're just a pathetic organization. 
terrible. You know, I, I'm going to leave Pittsburgh in the mix because this division is pretty bad. Uh, Milwaukee, as usual, just doesn't know how to put anyone away. St. Louis has had so many injuries. Uh, they're suspect. I'm still going with Cincinnati in this division. I think they're going to get hot. I still think they have the best talent. Um, I, I just got to go with Cincinnati. And, and until Milwaukee proves me wrong, they're another team, like I said, they just they win seven in a row and they just shoot themselves in the foot. And they, they do it every year. But they do have a better pitching staff this year. So, But I, I'm sticking with Cincinnati in this division. Well, Tip, we have to. I got to tell you what. I'm sorry. No, go, go ahead, ahead, Tony. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, I wanted to add to your point about Milwaukee. You know, these guys play really, really good at Miller Park, and they're terrible on the road. They're 16 games over 500 at home, and yet they're nine games under 500 on the road. If these guys ever learn how to play on the road, they could, they could run and hide from the division. Oh, they, they should be. Their talent, they, they should be winning this division right now by, I would say, about six or seven games. But like you said, they, they've never been a good road team, and, uh, you know, they've got to learn how to win. And uh, I know that's an old cliche, but this team just seems to, once again, shoot themselves in the foot every time they get a chance to, you know, take, take you know, get a three or four game lead. I'm going to go ahead and go with Milwaukee, St. Louis, and Cincinnati still being in it. I like, I mean, it's like you guys said, Pittsburgh's only four games out, but still, I I still don't trust that team one bit, and they're going to be, well, and they're going to be, so. yeah, and they're going to, I think they're going to be falling flat here as the season moves on. Um, the Cubs. You know what, you know what Adam? I don't mean to I don't think they're going to fall flat. I think Pittsburgh has the potential this year to be anywhere from you know three or four games under five hundred to maybe five hundred one game over. They're they're finally building a little bit of uh, talent pool in that city. Their problem, their starting pitcher, they don't have any power pitchers, and that's going to catch up to them in August and uh, September when uh, you know the teams get a little tired and things like that. If they could find an ace. Uh, type of pitcher. This team isn't a bad team, and I still think they're going to be, you know, they got one of the best young players in the game in McCutcheon. He's just a, he's a stud. And uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh ends up 500 this year. See, I guess I guess that's that's right, you know, because I agree with you pretty much on everything, which is, which is kind of surprising because we tend to agree on this <laughs> show, but we never agree on the majors live. Uh, I don't know. I just... Like what you said with Milwaukee, you, they have to prove it to you first. And I guess that's what, what I'm doing with Pittsburgh here. They have to prove it to me first. And, yes, they do. I mean, they do need some talent. They do have some talent on that team. Um, but this is going to be another season where they're not going to be getting much in return. It's going to help them progress at all this season. This is going to be another season where – you know they're going to be the ones getting the prospects in return. If they do, in fact, trade anybody in that team, if anybody's worth trading, or that's worth anybody else, and you know, in Major League Baseball, so I just, I, I just don't see the Pittsburgh Pirates doing anything. I don't see them finishing 500. I see them, you know, once I see another losing season once again for them. And this is something that you know that they're going to have to prove it to me that they could actually sustain, you know, themselves for an entire season. The Chicago Cubs, Houston Astros, of course, those two teams are out of it. The Chicago Cubs are are absolutely pathetic. Um, you know, you you wonder what's going on with that team, and just because every single year. You want to think that this team is going to turn it around. You want to think that they're finally going to be able to do something. 
you know, in the north side of Chicago there, but every single year it's the same exact story with them. It's always something that's, you know, that that that's a problem with them and it's and it and it sucks because you know, the you know, they they've always had that label, the lovable losers and everything like that and you know, it's it's it just gets old, and I'm not a Cubs fan by any means, but, I mean... Well, it's not cute anymore. No, it's not. It's not at all. It's it's embarrassing. It you know, yeah, you, you feel for the people, and you feel for the, you know, the, the fans of the Chicago Cubs, because... And it seems like the fans of the Cubs, too, are starting to turn on the team a little bit. I don't know if you guys... Yeah, I, well, I don't know if you guys saw the Yankees game, you know, the other day, or that series, but it seemed like that was a... Uh, like that was a home uh, a home series for the Yankees, even though it was in uh, the north side of Chicago. Um, anyways, though, uh, last one in the National League, we've got uh, the NL East. Uh, Philadelphia is pulling away five games ahead of Atlanta. Um, after that, that's pretty much the only uh, the only team that Philadelphia has to worry about, considering the New York Mets, Washington Nationals are nine and a half games back and then Florida who as we you know just mentioned at the top of the show um has a new manager but old manager of theirs back uh Jack McKeon they're 12 and a half games back um I'll start this one out I think you can mark off the Mets Washington and Florida all out Mets are going to be selling at the deadline. You can say you can probably say goodbye to Carlos Beltran. You could probably say goodbye to Jose Reyes with them. I think they're both gone. Washington, um, again, I don't think they have the. I don't think they they're going to be able to sustain themselves for the rest of the year. I know they have a lot of you know young talent on that team, but again, it's another instance where they're not going to. It, they're just simply going to run out of gas towards the end. And then Florida, whenever you change your manager midway through the season, um, that's always a death sentence, I think, um, especially the, the, the June that Florida's had. I don't think they're going to be able to recover from that. Um, they've lost the last 10 games. I think they've lost the last 10 games. Um, I know I see the streak here in front of me. I don't know if it's, I, I, I don't know if it's gone beyond that or not. Uh, but one in seventeen Yeah, so I mean, there you go. That's not something they're going to be able to recover from. Um, kind of like watching April uh, the Orioles from April '88. It's just bad. Yeah, it's real bad. And it's surprising too, because I know, I know, Tip, you were really kind of high on Florida. I was, I was right there with you. I thought that they were going to be able to do something. Tip, why don't you go ahead and start this one out? What do you think? You know, Florida. I'm not going to give up on them yet. Um, I mean, they're they're not going to win the division. They don't even have a chance at it. No one really does. I don't think, other than Philadelphia now. But you know, without I didn't know this, Tony. You might have known might have known this. Evidently, they had a terrible discipline problem on that team, and Ramirez is one of the biggest problems. The shortstop or you know Hanley, whatever his last, uh, he's just a pain in the ass. Evidently, and uh, in fact, he's not even starting tonight because he came late to practice, and they can't sit to get it. And McCann's an old-style 80-year-old guy, but he took him to the World Series 2003. So he's a disciplined guy. So they're either going to take that and run with it or they're going to really fall apart. And I kind of think, uh, you know, his nickname is Trader Jack. So don't be surprised if they make some big moves in, the, in uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, So, you know, I never count on Florida because they just seem to rise to the occasion, this team. They're, they're a really amazing team sometimes, but... 
this year, who knows? But now there, there's really no one in this division has a chance other than Atlanta. And uh, the Mets, I'm surprised they're only two under 500. I thought they'd be mirrored in last place, but they actually haven't played that bad a ball this year. So you got to give them a little credit for that. So, but Philly, unless Philly runs into a rash of in- injuries, uh, this is their division, double digits. Go ahead, Tony. Well, I, I think, and this is gonna, we're gonna end up uh, in this point, uh, Adam. I, I think the hiring of Jack McKean is right on time for this team because if Jack McKean's going to do anything with this team, he's going to kick their ass because he, because this is a young team. It's a very talented team. Gabby Sanchez is hitting 309 right now. Um, you know, Tip had mentioned the problem with Hanley Ramirez that he is a discipline problem, but one thing, and there's been a track record with Jack McKean, he does not take crap. Especially right. for the kids, and you know this team. I mean, there's a long way to go. We, we know they they 71 games, 70 games, whatever. And there's a little bit of time to turn around. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. They're not gonna get to second place. No, no way in hell they're getting the second place. But McKeon will ship right it. And and if anybody, McKeon is probably gonna help get the right manager in in that job. So, you know, I, I really think it's a, a a move that needed to be made. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that point. All right, well, let's go ahead and move into the American League here. Um, we'll go ahead and go out to the American League West. We've got uh, Texas, um, only a half game ahead of Seattle. Seattle's been one of those surprising teams so far this season. Um, this is probably the the closest division that we've had so far. Seattle's, like I said, five half a game out. L.A., Angels, three games out, and then Oakland is only five games out. You know what, you guys? I'm not going to count anybody out in this division. Um, Texas is only three games above 500. Seattle is two games above 500. Um, and then Los Angeles is three games below 500. So, I mean, I, mean, I, don't, think, I don't think that Oakland – or really Oakland is going to make the playoffs or do anything as we move forward here. But, I mean, only five games out, you really can't count them out yet. Um, Tony, go ahead and take this one first. Well, you know, we were, talk- we were just talking about the situation with the Marlins as far as uh, changing management m- at midseason. Oakland did the very same thing yep. when they let Bob Guerin go. Mm-hmm. You know what? These guys are seven games under five hundred. And they're five games back, and they won their last five. Yep. So, this is you know I have to say this is sort of like a polar opposite of the uh, of the NL Central. There's really not a bad team in this division. Oakland is not as bad as their record indicates. Oakland ran into a bad stretch, but they're they're recovering. Uh, I don't see a, a team dead in this division. However, I do see the Angels bouncing back up and giving Texas fits. Seattle, uh, it's really going to depend on their pitching. Uh, they're not sc- they're not scoring as much either. In fact, they're second in the major leagues in lowest amount of scores. So if they can't get any production, Seattle's going to have uh, some struggles come up in the second half. Tip. Yeah, I, I agree. Oakland, I'm not counting them out at all. In fact, you know, I picked them to win this division, and I'm still mm-hmm. I'm not going to be surprised if they actually don't win this division. I think. Uh, this is a wide-open division. Texas, 
just doesn't seem to have that thing they had last year. Seattle's hitting is so suspect, but they call up a couple young players who had big weekends this weekend. Uh, you never know. They're going to have to get an established hitter in that lineup. Uh, the Angel, I never count out. Social is probably the best manager in baseball and veteran team. This is this one's going down the the last week, uh, and you know what? It's a crapshoot. I, I I don't even know who will win it, but I know one thing: there's not one team even close to being out of this one. So I, I but I think anyone can win this division. If you put a gun to my head, the only team I think that can't is Seattle. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the American League Central here. We've got Cleveland, um, another surprising team, one game ahead of the Detroit Tigers. After that, we've got the Chicago White Sox, five and a half back, Minnesota eight, and then Kansas City nine. Um, again, this is, I think this is somewhat similar to the NL West in that you, I, I can't count out a whole bunch of teams here. I know Minnesota's eight games back, but they're, Nine and one in their last ten games, unbelievable. And you could never. And this is a team that you can't. You can never count out because they're starting to make that push again. Um, the only team I'm going to count out in this division is Kansas City. Um, again, you know they. This just isn't Kansas City's year. Not they're just a year too early. I think Kansas City's a team we're going to be talking more about next season. Um, and you know, like I said. I still think this is Detroit's division. I still think that they should win this division. Um, and they're going to be contending with, uh, with at this point, it's going to be the White Sox in Minnesota with Cleveland, another one of those teams that I think is um, is going to cool off even more than what they have been. You know, they're 5-5 five and five in the last 10 right now. They won the last three. Granted, they just swept the Pittsburgh Pirates, but still, I still think this is Detroit's year to finish atop the AL Central with uh, Kansas City being the only team I think we can declare dead at this point. Um, Tip, what do you think? Yeah, I agree, actually, Adam. I keep saying that tonight, but it's hard. You know, I do agree. It, But this, to me, Detroit's going to make a trade. Uh, I still think they're going to – I I think they're going to find that corner infielder, uh, third baseman. Uh, they're going to get another in that lineup. Their pitching is so strong. They're not going to stick with Alex Avila? <laughs> hey, I tell you what, that, that, that tells you a lot though, by them doing that. Uh, that, that. You're going to see them go after third baseman, I think, or uh, a shortstop, or you know, maybe move. Uh, oh, uh, Peralta? Yeah, Peralta maybe. But uh, Detroit should win this division. They should. No one touches their pitching. Uh, Minnesota, you know, they're amazing. I still think, you know, they, they were so far under 500, and they have one little bump right now. They they have a four out of five losing streak or something like that. They're gonna do, they're gonna be fighting all year. Uh, Chicago just doesn't seem to know what they're doing. In Cleveland, I don't think the pitching strong enough. So, boy, to me, if Detroit doesn't win it this year, I don't know when they're gonna win it. So, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. Everyone is in it except Kansas City. Take it away, Tony. I think this week actually is going to tell us a lot about the Twins. The Twins got the Giants this week uh, in San Francisco, yep. and if they can't, if they can't at least take uh, at least a series split, we can pretty much we can pretty much nail it in. I, I don't like knowing that, but they have they got Joe Mauer back. The only problem is they don't have Jason Kubel, so you know as they're getting healthy at the same time they're losing key parts of the lineup. And if you keep having guys 
and hit the DL and cut them off the off the DL and just making it interchangeable. It's it's just not going to work. I, I really think that we're going to see uh, we're going to see the separation probably within the next I would say within the next nine to ten games with with the Twins. And our last one on here is the American League East. We have Boston. Um, a game and a half ahead of the Yankees, four and a half ahead of Tampa Bay, seven and a half ahead of Toronto, and ten ahead of Baltimore. Um, in terms of the wild card, because I still think that the wild card is probably going, I, in my opinion, I think it's coming out of the AL East again. Um, right now you've got the Yankees leading that by three games over the Tigers and then the Rays and then you have Toronto six games back. Um again, I you know, I hate to say this just because it seems like Toronto's one of those teams that you know, we think that they're going to be there every single year or not every single year, but we think that they're going, you know, this is finally the year that, you know, maybe Toronto can do something and, and at least get themselves the wild card in the AL East. I don't think it's happening this year. Um you know Boston's looked very very good after that uh after that horrendous start that they've had um the Yankees they've been looking pretty good especially in their last 10 they're 8 and 2 and then Tampa Bay 6 and 4 another kind of surprising team this year so far um given what they've lost in the off season um I'm going to go ahead and say I think Toronto and Baltimore are both done um and it's really going to come down to uh, the Yankees, the Devil, or I'm sorry, not the Devil, or the Rays, and uh, the Red Sox fighting it out for the uh, the AL East, and then that wild card as well. Um, go ahead, Tony. Uh, I see Toronto and Baltimore bidding out of it, and you know, even though Baltimore's only five games out of um, uh, away from 500, they're still 10 games out. When you're chasing. Uh, chasing teams 12 and 15 games ahead of you. That's, uh, I mean, that's just a recipe for a disaster. I, I just, I, I'll tell you, Terry Francona right now, hands down, has got to be the manager of the year in the American League for just recovering from that absolutely horrific start. Just, I mean, figure, the first week they were 1-7 and seven and 43-28 and 28 right now. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it, it is. Ahead, it, it is amazing. Yeah, go ahead, Tip. I think right now the way we're looking at this division, I think it's going to end up exactly the way it is right now. I think Boston, you know, once again, there's always injuries, but unless if Boston can have any type of pitching, they're they're going to win this division pretty easy. I think the Yankees will do what they usually do, pick up a pitcher at the trade deadline. If they do that, uh, I think they've got a real good shot at the wild card. Uh, Tampa Bay could be close behind them. I don't see anybody else competing with them. Uh, I mean, before Baltimore, before Toronto, they just playing this miserable division and uh you know they they just they're just not good enough to beat boston and new york and tampa bay right now you know if they were in another division they might be you know they definitely be in the thick of it but i think it's gonna end up exactly the way it stacks right now i guess you know i i you know boston's done an excellent job at turning themselves around right now and you know terry like you said tony terry francona's done 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 an excellent job in you know in in doing just that but i guess i and Tip, you mentioned you mentioned Boston's pitching. I guess if anything is going to bring that team down, 
it's going to be their starting pitching because I don't know. That's I guess I, 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 I'm just still not completely sold on Boston starting pitching right now. Um, I don't know. I like I said. I mean, I know the I know the Yankees starting pitching isn't aren't aren't world beaters either. It's I don't know. I mean, am I am I wrong in thinking the Boston to have you know you know to be looking twice at Boston's pitching staff or? No, no. I I told you at the beginning of the year that was my biggest problem with them because they have a talent, but their their pitchers like to get hurt a lot, and uh, they uh, you know you have a couple guys go out for a certain period of time, and you know Boston, you know you can score as many runs as you want, but if your pitching falls in that those hot summer days, um, you can easily run into a five or six game losing streak, and you know there's not a team out there that's not you know isn't capable of losing five or six in a row, and uh, that's why I'm so if the Tigers. That's why the Tigers need to win this division this year so bad because with their three starters, uh, I'd put them up against anybody in a short series. So it's really important they get in the playoffs this year. Are we nuts, Tony? No. <laughs> no, you're not nuts. No, it, it makes perfect sense. And the, the whole thing is, you know, and we talked about this at the, at the beginning of the season, you know, Austin can be successful, uh, can be successful, run away with this division, but. Um, there's times where the this pitching staff is just it gets lost. It gets it's, you know, it's in its own way. Papelbon is is uh, Jonathan Papelbon a perfect case. He, if he gets into some trouble, you know, into any trouble here in the end of summer, you know, it could uh, bring the rest of the pack right back down. You know, Boston right back down to the pack, and it could be a could be a very interesting finish. Absolutely. I agree. Absolutely, a um, couple of a uh, couple of shorter topics here that we have to kind of uh, work towards the end of the this week's show. Um, again, another one that I wanted to get to last week, and it relates right back to uh, to the Yankees pitching staff. Uh, Jober Chamberlain um, looks like he's done for the season. Again, this is old news. Looks like he's going to have to have Tommy John surgery. Um, Jober Chamberlain is one of those, another one of those pitchers that you know has, you know, that he he comes out throwing the heat, and we've seen it before with some of these players. Some of these players that like to uh, that like to dial up the speed gun here, having problems with their arms later on, like a Joel Zumaya, um, and even Ordellis Chapman as well has uh, has had a couple of issues with his arm. He's looking to come back with. Uh, He's looking to, I believe he's on a rehab stint right now with Cincinnati's Farm Club. But, I mean, what about Jober Chamberlain? Is he, is, I mean, are we ever going to see Jober Chamberlain back to the Jober Chamberlain of old? Or is he going to be one of those guys that um, is going to have to totally reinvent himself and maybe um, never really make it back to the major leagues? Um, Tony, why don't you go ahead and take this one first? I, I'm a little bit right in between on it because honestly I, I think I, I will say that the Yankees are a little at fault on this one because they're not quite they were not quite sure how they wanted to utilize Joba when he first came up. You know, and, and Tip knows this following following the Yankees the way he does. Um, you know, he started first season, he was a middle reliever, you know, he was a hold a hold guy. Um, it, it just seemed like the Yankees weren't quite sure what they wanted to do with him, and he had to basically adjust his style to however New York wanted him. 
I don't think he's finished, but I think he's finished in New York. Okay, that's a. That, I mean, that's a. That's a, a interesting spin on it too. I, you know, I, I like what you had to say. I like what you had to say about him being done in New York because it seemed like he was kind of on his way out in New York um, before the injury, um, simply because you know, like you said, it didn't look like New York knew what they wanted to do with him. You know, did they want to keep him in the bullpen? You know, they tried him back in the rotation, then they, you know, they put him back in the pen, and then they're thinking about, okay, well, let's see him back in the rotation again. I think it's, you know, at that time, given the, you know, the, you know, the extent of, of Tommy John surgery of, you know, how long you're going to be out. Um, year and a half. Yeah. Yep. And this might be the case where the Yankees just wipe the, wipe their hands clean of, uh, of this whole Jober Chamberlain situation. What do you think, Tip? Well, to me, uh, this is another, this is a perfect example of a kid we should have stayed in the minor leagues maybe a year or two years longer and got a defined role, learned how to pitch. Um, these, you know, these, these clubs, they fall in love with these power arms. You know, kind of like, you know, how the wings allow their young players to uh, develop over years. And people say, man, the guy's been down there three or four years. But you got to do that with a pitcher, too. You can't push these guys. It's such a violent thing when you, you know, pitching and and I agree 100% with Tony. So the Yankees screwed at this kid's head. Um, he's, a, he's a bullpen guy. He should never be a starter. He's a bullpen guy. Uh, I wouldn't even consider him a closer. He's a seventh, eighth inning guy. Uh, perfect relief pitcher. And I think the Yankees just messed with him. And number one, they should have just left him in the minor leagues for one more year and just let him become a, you know, become a pitcher. And uh, it's a shame. I feel bad for the kid. I think that too. I mean, it's you know, I I've, I'm never sold on a guy that you know, working in a starting rotation that, you know, his his big mo is is throwing heat, because if you throw heat, usually that's the only pitch you're going to have. Um, yeah, you do have a you you do have a secondary pitch just because you know you you need one. Um, you know, you might have you might have a curveball like what Joel Zumaya have, or you might have a changeup or something like that. Um, but going out there and relying on your, you know, your hundred mile per hour fastball for, you know, six or seven innings in a game isn't going to work. And then you're setting yourself up for, you know, you're setting yourself up for injury. And we've seen it with these guys where they can't, you know, they have trouble staying in the lineup as a as as a relief pitcher. Um, but I think that's the only place where if it is going to work. Um, that's the place it's going to work is in the bullpen and coming out of the bullpen. So um, I definitely, I don't think he's done. I like what you had to say about that, Tony. I don't think he's done in terms of his career, but he's definitely done in New York. And this is something else that we covered earlier um, in the show when we're going over the divisions. Uh, Jack McKeon um, rehired, or not really rehired, but brought back as the the Marlins manager. Um, he was a special assistant after he retired from that from the his managerial position with the Marlins back in 2005. Um, he was the manager of the Marlins from 2003 up until 2005. He did win the uh, World Series with them uh, back in 2003. Um, and you guys mentioned that there was a little bit of a discipline problem on this team. Um, this is the third manager for the Marlins. Within the past um, less than a year, uh, they yep they had Freddie uh, they had Freddie Gonzalez who they fired, 
Then they went out and they got uh, Edwin Rodriguez to replace him. They hired him on an interim basis. They removed that interim label and kept him on. And then he uh, he resigned uh, just this week after a horrible, horrible June for the Marlins. Um, is there anything you guys wanted to add on the Jack McKeon stuff? Um, because he is 80 years old. He is a disciplinarian. Um, like you guys mentioned, he's not going to take um, any crap from some of the younger players that may have been an issue with uh, with some of these other managers that they've had. Uh, but, you know, I I guess... I mean, this is it. Jack McKean is going to come in, and he's not going to be a manager. I mean, do you see him managing this baseball club next season? I guess that's my question for you. Well, in his words, he he said he can manage eighty-five if he wants. Uh, he says he's not worried about his age. Uh, you know, I don't I don't believe that. I think no. I think he will just finish out the season. But in saying that, he is, you know, what Tony and I, you know, he is a disciplinarian. This guy's not going to take any shit. And if he thinks he can stay another year, he will. Uh, very dedicated guy to this team. I, I, I like to move a lot. Uh, really, I, I don't have much more to add than that, but I, I think what you're going to see is star, or doesn't matter who the star on this team is, you either do it his way or you're not playing or you're getting traded. So don't be surprised to see the Marlins get real busy at the trade deadline. Tony, is there anything else you want to add? Just- I want to add one more thing to sure. it. A lot of people really don't know this about Jack McKeon. Is he he is a he's a guy who believes in the basics of baseball. He's he is not just you know tr- you know he, of course they nickname Trader Jack, but let, let's look at it this way. He's brought some really solid infielders really into the forefront in his time in coaching. You to figure he's coached the likes of Ozzie Smith, Harry Templeton. Um, Greg Nettles, he coached uh, after he left the Yankees. Um, some really solid, really solid players, you know. And he and the San Diego team was a very young team when he took them to the World Series in 1984 against the Tigers. I mean, you guys well, well know, you know, Gwynn was uh, Gwynn was like in his second year, Tony Gwynn, and he got Tony Gwynn to playing really disciplined ball. He's he's a very straightforward by book kind of guy. He will bunt in situations where you need to bunt. He will hit away when you need him to hit away. He's a very situational guy. That's being said, the Marlins are young and a bunch of risk takers. Jack McKeon will uh, roll that back in. And don't be surprised if you see a lot of two, one, three, two games out of the Marlins coming up here. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> Again, I do. All right. Well, um, our last topic, really quick, since we're um, we're kind of over again here. Um, why do you guys think that the American League dominates the National League so much in interleague play? And it seems like it's been like this for um, not only the past few, but the past several seasons here. That um, that the AL has been the, the you know during interleague play, the the American League has been the better league. Um, do you guys have any theories on why this is? Tony, what do you think? I think the American League hits the crap out of National League pitching. That's what I think. <laughs> you know, I think the, the pitching has been on time as far as the AL is concerned, but I think you've seen a lot of uh, a lot of cases in interleague play where the offense is way up there. And American League, they do get in some slugfests. Let's, let's not fool ourselves here, but you know, they are uh, they're already. Um, 
pretty on key when it comes to uh, hitting nationally pitching. Tip. Yeah, well, you know, with the DH, they play if they play in American League Park, you know, they're so used to having the DH. Their pitching overall is just far superior to the National League, and so they're hitting right now. Right now, the American League is a better league, and they have been for quite a while. Uh, National League's got a couple, you know, a few pitches, you know, obviously with the Phillies and San Francisco, but overall, team by team, the American League, they're just a better league in pitching and hitting and all around. Uh, National League's a little speedier, maybe a little bit better defensively, but uh, no, they just, you know, when they play in the National League, they just pound their pitching, like Tony said, and, I, you know, they it's been going on for about a decade now, so. Yep. Yep. Other than that, that's going to about do it this week for Around the Diamond. You can catch us again next week, same time, same place, uh, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. out on the West Coast, right here on themajors.net. Make sure you stay tuned for the Majors Live tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 5.30 Pacific, again, right here on themajors.net. So for Tony, for Tip, I am Adam saying have a good week, everybody, and we'll, we'll see you next time. So long, boys. See you later.